Why dissatisfaction is the human lot? This was the title of an article describing how happiness for human beings is by nature fleeting and elusive. It asserted that human beings are creatures who almost always return to a state of dissatisfaction. Perennially chasing the metaphorical carrot at the end of the stick and never managing just to reach it. Doubt the reasoning. Just reflect back to the last time you were in a team meeting in, in work or maybe a family discussion at home. How long is it before the first complaint is heard? <laughs> well, the likelihood is that that will spawn further grievances from the rest of the, the group, often over matters that are fairly trivial in the great scheme of things. The article goes on to say this, the future date with happiness is illusory, but it is the striving towards new goals that seem to grant human beings the greatest amount of psychological reward. What struck me most about the article was towards the conclusion. It said this, in an ever more secular society, we forget about our souls and scoff at those who believe in spirituality, daring to invoke the name of God. We live in an age obsessed with scientific proof and materialistic demystification of the universe. We've replaced God with fast cars, with shoes, with shopping malls, social media selfies, promiscuity and profit. We need God and we need to acknowledge the spiritual dimension of human existence if we are to have any hope of satisfaction. Or as St. Augustine succinctly stated, you have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. Why should we give thanks? Well, verse four of today's reading states, enter his gates with thanksgiving in your heart and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. I wonder how many of you entered the gates tonight with thanksgiving in your hearts. Well, it's not always easy, is it? But it is always worthwhile. It does, however, have a positive effect because complaining is draining, isn't it? Being in the presence of a perpetual complainer sucks the very sap of joy out of us, doesn't it? <coughs> Leaves us feeling drained. Whereas having a thankful, joyful companion raises us up, lifts our spirits, and endears us to a desire to follow their example. I have a friend and work, a colleague. He's a quiet guy, he's a Christian. But the one thing that really stands out about him is I can never remember him complaining. Even when things have gone really badly, I can never remember this guy complaining. 
And that has always stuck in my head uh, about him. You know, he gets on with it, and he's a great example of, you know, Christ in uh, that. How can we enter God's courts with praise if we decline to enter his gates with thanksgiving? Psalm 118 verse 1 says this, It reminds us to give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. It's a simple verse, but it's very profound. It tells us that when all else is stripped away, we should give thanks to God, because God is always good. And even when we're traveling through the most difficult periods of our life, God is good. And some of you are going through dark days at the minute. And it's important to remember that not only is God good, he will remain good. He'll not let you down. And he's always capable of bringing good out of difficult situations. Why? Because his love endures forever. And what should we give thanks for? Well, verse 3 says, It is he who made us. We are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. This is a great starting point. The Bible tells us in Psalm 139, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Hopefully there's a, there is a little picture up there of a baby. And those of you who have been blessed at one time in your life, uh, or maybe even recently, to have had a small child, it's such a blessing, isn't it? And when you look at a child and how it is put together, it is just amazing. You just can only look and marvel at a young baby. And when you think of the complexity you know, of each of our bodies, uh, it, it's just, it's mind-blowing, isn't it? Um, we are his. You know, we're crafted by the master. And incredibly, he's crafted us in his image, in God's image. So we're all made in his image. And we are his. That's something to be <laughs> thankful for. That's tremendous news, as John would say. And that the one who flung stars into space considers us, who place our trust in him, to be his. To be his people. <coughs> and we're also the sheep of his pasture. And that's good news too, because I, like those sheep, have gone astray so many times that I would be lost without him. You know, that great debt that I couldn't uh, repay and Christ repaying that debt that he didn't owe. Isaiah 49, 16 says, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Isn't that lovely? There's an indelible mark on the Father's hands reminding them of each one of you. Don't ever forget that. He loves us intimately. He's interested in the smallest matters in our lives, mentioned in the prayer earlier on. Now that's surely something worth giving thanks for. 
And if we pause and reflect, we can find numerous causes for thankfulness. As I was preparing this reflection, my daughter was working away at her university studies and she said, Daddy, isn't it amazing how our skin heals again when Windsor? And I said, it is, Katie, because it's something, my, I'm forever cutting my hands to ribbons, but uh, and it's amazing how your skin heals over again, isn't it? Something we maybe just take for granted. How does that happen? That's only one small, small thing, but it's incredible. Autumn's a magical time, isn't it? If you're driving around to, uh, at present and see the col colours of the trees changing, what about the gift of taste, laughter, sleep, each breath you take? You see, as you get to a certain age, you're really glad you've got up. You're able to breathe, I tell you. I'm starting to give thanks for that now. And flowers, family, an open fire. I love an open fire. Some of you are a bit older, but as soon as the weather gets cold, I love lighting the fire. Animals, I know some people love animals, traveling, the, the, the list's endless. Ian Jury, in his 1970s hit, Reasons to be Cheerful, hence the title of my song. You have to be of a certain vintage to remember that song. But he suggested a few different ways, or a few different ones, to give thanks for. And uh, there's a few weird ones in here, but here's some of them. Summer. Buddy Holly, the Bolshoi Ballet, seeing Piccadilly, and being rather silly. Well, that, that, <laughs> that struck a chord with me. The juice of a carrot, the smile of a parrot, a little drop of claret, Elvis and Scotty. So I think that's Star Trek. But here's my personal favourite, the days when I ain't spotty. So you remember back <laughs> when you were a teenager? You would have given thanks for the days that you weren't spotty, wouldn't you? You see, the reasons to be cheerful are wide-ranging, aren't they? And they vary according to our age, they vary according to our interests, but we all hear of one central reason, to be cheerful, to be thankful, and that's for the loving kindness that we've been singing of, of our Heavenly Father. And finally, by cultivating a, a thankful heart, you can bring great blessing to others. You know, it is the effectual love of God that first changes our hearts. You know, 1 John 4, 19 says, we love because he first loved us. You know, it was God's grace came first. Grace came first. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And here's a little story I thought was lovely. One day, William Stidger of the School of Theology in Boston was considering how God had blessed him in his life. As he did so, a lady who had taught him in the first years of school came to mind. The lady had placed a love of all things good in him. And so he wrote her a letter of thanks just before I go on, that's a nice thing to do. If you've never done it, writing a letter of thanks. Um, nowadays, as I say, the days of writing letters are maybe uh, you know, long gone, but it is lovely still to get a letter. I love getting a letter. It's not too often you, you get them now, but it's a lovely thing to write a letter to someone, especially a letter of thanks. And here's what it said. 
Dear Willie, I cannot tell you how much your note meant to me. I'm in my 80s, living alone in a small room, cooking my own meals, lonely, and like the last leaf in autumn, lingering behind. You may be interested to know that I taught in school for 40 years. Yours is the first note of appreciation I have ever received. It came on a cold blue morning and it cheered me as nothing has in many years. I thought that was wonderful and it struck a chord with me because a few years ago I got a lovely letter from a lad who'd been um, in my BB company back in Ballamacart and he became a member of this church and it was a lovely letter of thanks and it just meant the world to me and sadly this lad who you all know well passed away um, nearly two years ago and that letter is precious to me so my message to you tonight is to cultivate a thankful heart cultivate a thankful heart get into the habit of being thankful you know thankful for the small things in life um, it's really important that we give thanks uh, you know C.S. Lewis said that you know if we were to give God the adoration in the highest moments we've got to first be able to give thanks for the common things so cultivate a thankful heart for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. Amen. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the time that we've had today. And Lord, we just thank you for the special services this morning and this evening and for our church family here. We thank you for the unity, Lord, that we have here in Ravenhill. It's so important, Father. And we thank you for your loving kindness. Thank you, Father, that our names are engraved on your hand. Oh, Father, what a, a kind and generous God that you are. Thank you uh, for Jesus. And uh, thank you, Lord, for forgiving us uh, our sins. I thank you for blessing us, Lord, and placing us uh, in this uh, place in Ravenhill, Lord, uh, and help us, Lord, to not only love you with our hearts and minds and souls and strength, but to love one another here, Father. It's so important. Uh, bless us now. Just thank you for uh, this wonderful night of praise. Thank you for Colin and for the group. Uh, thank you, uh, Father, for um, Robin, who has uh, done the screen tonight. Thank you for the ladies, Lord, who have made the tea and coffee, and not only tonight, over so many years, Lord, uh, continue to make the tea and coffee and bless us in this way. Thank you for Margaret and Brian, who made the tea and coffee this morning, uh, and continue to bless us uh, in that <coughs> ministry. Thank you, Lord, for everything. In Jesus' name, amen. <coughs>